0: This is London. Soon it will be spring in England. Already there are flowers in the parks, although the parks aren't quite as well kept as they were at this time last year. The winter that is ending has been hard, but Londoners have many reasons for satisfaction. There have been no serious epidemics. The casualties from air bombardment have been less than expected. And London meets this spring with as much courage, though less complacency, than at this time last year. The other day, watching a farmer trying to fill in a 20-foot-deep bomb crater in the middle of his field, I wondered what would happen before he harvested the next crop from that bomb-torn soil. I suppose that many more bombs will fall. There'll be much talk about equality of sacrifice, which doesn't exist. Many proud ships will certainly perish in the Western approaches. There'll be further restrictions on clothes and food. Probably a few profiteers will make their profits. No one knows whether invasion will come, but there are those who fear it will not. I believe that a public opinion poll on the question, would you like the Germans to attempt an invasion, would be answered overwhelmingly in the affirmative. Most people, believing that it must be attempted eventually, would be willing to have it come soon. They think that in no other way can the Germans win this war And they will not change their minds until they hear their children say, We are hungry. So long as Winston Churchill is Prime Minister, the House of Commons will be given an opportunity to defend its traditions and to determine the character of the government that is to rule this country. The Prime Minister will continue to be criticized in private for being too much interested in strategy and too little concerned with the great social and economic problems that clamor for solution. British propaganda aimed at occupied countries will continue to fight without its heavy artillery until some sort of statement on war aims, or if you prefer, peace aims, has been published. And in the future, as in the past, one of the strangest sensations for me will be that produced by radio. Sometime, someone will write the story of the technical and military uses to which this new weapon has been put. But no one, I think, will ever describe adequately just what it feels like to sit in London with German bombs ripping through the air, shaking the buildings and causing the lights to flicker while you listen to the German radio broadcasting Wagner or Bavarian folk music. A twist of the dial gives you Tokyo talking about dangerous thoughts. An American senator discussing hemisphere defense. The clipped, precise accent of a British announcer describing the proper method of photographing elephants. Moscow boasting of the prospects of the wheat harvest in the Ukraine each nation speaking almost any language save its own, until finally you switch off the receiving set in order that the sounds from the four corners of the earth will not interfere with the sound of the German bombs that come close enough to cause you to dive under the desk. The bombs this spring will be bigger, and there will be more of them, probably dropped from a greater height than ever before. Berlin and London will continue to claim that their bombs hit military targets, while the enemies like mainly churches, schools, hospitals, and private dwellings. The opening engagement of the spring campaign is now being fought in the Atlantic. The Admiralty has taken over control of the shipyards in an effort to speed up production and repairs. Merchant sinkings will probably reach alarming proportions, but there will always be men to take the ships out. The outcome of the battle in the Atlantic will be decisive. This island lives by its ships and the ships will be carrying supplies from America. There was no dancing in the streets here when the lease and land bill was passed, for the British know from their own experience that the gap between legislation and realization can be very wide. They remember being told that their frontier was on the Rhine, and they know now that their government did very little to keep it there. The course of Anglo-American relations will be smooth on the surface, but many people over here will express regret that they believe America is making the same mistakes that Britain made. For you must understand that the idea of America being of more help as a non belligerent than as a fighting ally has been discarded, even by those who advanced it originally. Maybe we shall hear some frank forthright talk across the Atlantic instead of rhetoric, but I doubt it. One thing that is not to be doubted is that the decisions taken in Washington between now and the time the crops are harvested will determine the pattern of events for a long time to come. British statesmen are fond of repeating that Britain stands alone as the defender of democracy and decency. But General Headquarters is now on Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C. Many Britishers realize that. Not all of them are happy about it. For the policies of Washington have not always been the policies of the Tory party, which still rules this country. Presumably, the decisions of Washington will be taken in the full light of publicity and debate. No mere radio reporter. As the right to use the weight of monopolized opportunity in an effort to influence those decisions. We can only deliver to you an occasional wheelbarrow load of stuff, tell you where it comes from, what sort of air raid shelter or bastion you build with It is a matter for free men to decide. But since part of reporting must necessarily be personal, I'd like to end this with my own impression of Britain on the verge of spring and big events. There's still a sense of humor in the country. The old feeling of superiority over all other peoples remains. So does class distinction. There's great courage and a blind belief that Britain will survive. The British aren't all heroes. They know the feeling of fear. I've shared it with them. They try to avoid thinking deeply about political and social problems. They'll stand any amount of government inefficiency and muddle. They're slow to anger and they die with great dignity. They will cheer Winston Churchill when he walks through block after block of smashed houses and offices as though he bought them a great victory. During the blinding raid when the streets are full of smoke and the sound of the roaring guns, they'll say to you, do you think we're really brave or just lacking in imagination? Well, they've come through the winter. They've been warned that the testing days are ahead. Of the past months, they may well say, we have lived a life, not an apology. And of the future, I think most of them would say, we shall live hard, but we shall live